to The Drummer and the Great Mountain, a podcast where we share effective tips and practices for working with adult ADD, ADHD in a natural, effective way without the use of medications. Each episode, join me, your host, Batman Saram, along with the author of The Drummer and the Great Mountain, Michael Joseph Ferguson. Join Michael and myself in an interactive discussion of sharing our stories as we journey together in transforming what can be the gift of being what we call hunter types. This podcast is intended to be your audio companion to the book written by Michael, who joins me each episode where we both will strive to foster dialogue, give you our personal insights, and share both of our experiences on this similar path that we are all on. Our intention and hope is that along with the book, this podcast gives you an additional perspective as you listen to us delve deeper into each chapter of the book to give you even more tools to go along with what it is that you are reading. Visit us at drummerandthegreatmountain.com to purchase the book and look for more tools, tips, and updates, as well as giving us feedback on this podcast. Join our growing global community of creative types, entrepreneurs, and out-of-the-box thinkers on our shared journey. Welcome to the Drummer in the Great Mountain podcast. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Michael Joseph Ferguson. I have with me the amazing co-host, Batman Saram. We are live and in person in the same location, yeah. which is very, very... Uh, we've never done it before. You actually have never been first over show. to... Yes. The very first podcast yes. was at my place. That's right. Yeah. Part-time co-host now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's right. <laughs> It's it's been uh, well. We're busy. We're busy human beings, and uh, it takes and, and the journeys in life sometimes take you in different directions. But uh, here we are. Yes, good to have you here. And so today's podcast, we were t- talking before. Uh, we've been having conversations on and off the last couple weeks, and uh, we thought a good topic for today is getting out of emergency mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've t- done some topics on uh, anxiety and panic attacks, and this is sort of the general experience that I know from all of some many of you that uh, I do coaching with. Uh, that emergency mode, uh, especially when you have family and work, and then everything kind of compounds, and then you can't think straight, and then things fall through the cracks. Uh, and then you start to think about, oh, well, what can I do to medicate? And it just goes on and on and on and on. So we want to talk about that specific spiral and, and also what are some really good tips to support you in getting back to center uh, in your day-to-day life. So that these are the, we're going to try to cover both maybe some uh, nutritional pieces, but also I think more importantly, strategies, life strategies that can be supportive. And then I will state uh, that have been extremely helpful for me the last few months because I've had my own journey with this. So uh, before we get started, um, just want to uh, do one quick announcement. We are going to do a book giveaway. Uh, try to do this. I think we did. I don't remember when the last time we did one. It was, it was a while ago. So if uh, we're going to post on our Facebook page, uh, there'll be a post that says book giveaway. You can't miss it. Um, all you got to do is like the page 
and uh, write a comment on that post and just write something. Tell us something that's been helpful for you from listening to the podcast. Uh, just write a comment, like the page, and then um, probably December 1st, we'll pick the winner and uh, I'll uh, send you out a free book. So uh, with that, I think we can Let's dive, get into it. dive in. You know, one of the things you said that um, struck a chord with me just because we have been talking about it in our both of our personal lives is the the emergency mode comes from finding yourself all of a sudden in the middle of these spirals. And when you don't make the right decision for you, whether it's um, a, a physical decision involving exercise or what you take into your body, yeah, that that's where the spiral starts. And I think both you and I can tell the good people of, of the drummer and the great mountain <laughs> community, this community that's, that's been building yeah. and, and, and you and your workshops now have been talking to people directly. And, yeah. and I, I think the difference in, in full transparency is that I've taken some time off, obviously from doing this podcast and being with you every week as I used to be just because the last time I joined you, we talked about just some life changes I'm going through job change and, and kind of the, the ramifications of that. Yeah. But then within that, over the last couple of months, both for you and me, the word emergency mode strikes me sometimes as something that maybe we like create on our own and it's not real. But you and I have had some real things that yeah. are emer- emergencies. Yes. So that's the first veil I want to kind of remove. Yeah. Because I think that sometimes we hear that. I think I even joked back in the day when I was with you regularly how my... My my wife kind of gives me a hard time. She's like, you just operate different than me. We were raised differently. She was raised such that, for terms of a better word, she is that farmer type that unless the fire is at her door, she doesn't worry about it. Yeah. People yeah, yeah. like me say, I see smoke a thousand miles away. What am I going to do to prepare for when the fire yeah. gets here? Right? Yeah. So that's one version of how a personality, especially hunter types, yeah. I would think, that's more a hunter type thing. It's, oh my God, I got to start getting prepared for the hunt. And that's I right. Yeah. So yep. then sure, that is a fabri- fabricated, I don't want to use that in derogatory term, but it's not real. And sure. so we operate on that. That's right. But then what do we do as hunter types when there is actually an emergency yes. and maybe even several of them? And how do you handle that and, and, and pull up, pull up the plane yeah. before actual flame out happens. That's it. You know, okay. So I'll, I'll go and I'll start because um, I, I want to add to the, I think people have been trying, if you've been listening to the last couple episodes, uh, you heard my airplane story of, of having claustrophobia on the plane and panic attack. And so we covered that. So um, to get up to speed on where my journey has been at the last couple months, um, Right after I returned back from Kauai and that happened, uh, we I found out my mom got cancer. So and it was a very kind of dramatic way, uh, mm. and so that has been. Um, I would say, luckily, she's doing really well. The treatment's going well, but it has been a nonstop, mm. uh, if not nonstop, physically driving back and forth between where I live and where they, where my mom and dad live, and just in my head 
dealing mm-hmm. with the stress and anxiety. It's 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 a, it was it's definitely been at a ten. And so one of the things that I started to see happen, I think this is what spawned our conversation was. Um, I started to experience like I'm in emergency mode all the time now because there was the high intensity of going to the hospital, going in and, you know, going back and forth and hearing from doctors and da, da, da. That's at a 10. Then you're around other people that are also in those kinds of emergencies if you're at a hospital. So then that's there. Um, and then the unknowing of like, okay, is this going to work? Is this not going to work? How do I manage all the other things that were already somewhat overwhelming to begin with on top of this? And so on and on and on and on. So, um, zooming ahead. So one of the interesting things that happened to me was after that, um, there was a, uh, and it kind of ties in with the thing that happened on the plane. I was, um, which it was sort of a claustrophobic experience. Um, I was going out to, t- to pick up my mom to take her to the hospital to, to go to um, some uh, appointment. And uh, there was a fire. So if you're in California, you've been hearing about the fires. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. There was a fire in Literal Anaheim. fires. Yeah, in <laughs> Anaheim that, like, was happening, like, to my right on the freeway. And, it, and I really, I went into panic mode. And I was like, wow, I've lived here. I've dealt with this. That's right. You told me and this. It, and That's it right. really, I would say, up until, like, a week or two ago when actually the temperature started to cool down, it, it was driving me nuts. I was just thinking, okay, there's a, you know, I was looking for smoke. I mean, because there's been a few fires really close mm-hmm. to where we're at. Uh, and people who've gone through this now, people in Northern California really went through it because oh, they yes. could not breathe for a few, oh, yeah. for a Homes while. Homes lost. Home, it was, so, Businesses lost. Whole thing. So the long and short of it was I was in emergency mode and I had to figure out beyond even the strategies that I was doing up to that point just to manage life, how to get myself out of it and what I watched was that once that trigger was turned on it doesn't turn off Mm -hmm. really quick Mm -hmm. so it definitely took an extra amount of energy to if and again going back to the amygdala hijack that part of our brain that says you're not safe and it's constantly scanning the horizon to protect you from whatever the potential danger is turning that off is really at the core of getting out of emergency mode. And so a little bit later, I'll share a little bit about some of the strategies that were that worked for me to get myself back into at least sanity. I, w- I wouldn't even right. say like 100% functional, <laughs> but at least to the place where I could handle yeah. general things in life to keep. And then I would say even and it's where I stand now is everything's leveled back out. So it is possible to get out of emergency mode. Sometimes the situation needs to play itself out, but it's how you manage that. So some of the things we'll talk about is just how, how do you in the moment deal with some of these things, as well as the things that are just in your brain that you think are potential emergencies that all it's, it all ties together. So I think this is where it gets interesting. It's exactly what we were just saying before as hunter types, we, we operate differently. We're ready for the hunt. All of that makes us kind of on edge in that, in that sense, just as is. Even when we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, like I was a year and a half ago, yeah. which seems just like yesterday. But for, for real transparency, as we've been talking as friends over the last year and a half and all the changes in life with the, the job change and just stresses, you know, 
I, I, you know, when I was talking to you in the community on this podcast, when I was regularly co-hosting, I was in a good place. Let's just call a fact a fact. I was coming every time I was on this podcast, I was telling you all the practices from your book, Michael, everything I was doing good. And it felt good to be doing those things. And I was definitely in a good place. It wasn't contrived. It wasn't a fabricated good place. The way you heard me come across those shows was because I was in a good place because I was doing the right things for me and my body. Right. And we talked about that, the exercise and the diet, the hunter type needs. So then you fast forward because of many excuses, many reasons, not having taken care of myself for full transparency over the last year and a half, gaining back 15 of the 25 pounds lost, not doing regular exercise. What I have witnessed happen is how much appreciation I had for when I was just barely redlining and just staying quote unquote normal, or I should just say level as a hunter type, which is where I was before. Yeah. Because to be a hunter type is just to be on that line as it is when you're doing things right. But goodness, when you get out of those good practices, it is one thing after another. And I have to share in your story about emergency mode. I, I have something to um, also describe in a literal emergency mode situation, but I have to ask you first. Yeah. Do you think if you were in this same, being a hunter type, so we yeah. know that context. Yeah. Let me ask you this. If you were in that same situation with the fires, yeah. but you weren't driving to go for your mom who has cancer to chemotherapy or driving yeah, her back, yeah, whatever yeah. it may be. You were driving to a friend's house to a party and nobody in your family was sick. Yeah. Would you think your body would have reacted the same way? Probably not, right? Your cup had runneth over. No, and see, that was the key thing is that I watched, because I grew up in Southern California. I've been through fires. Right. I've traveled on planes. Right. The t- when things trigger yes. is when you're, I was a totally exhausted. I barely slept the night before mm-hmm. that thing, that actually driving out and going into the, the smoke experience. Um, which then just triggered like that next thing of like, oh my gosh, it, it was literally like physical body, not safe. There's fires everywhere. It was, it was nuts, mm-hmm. but it, it was all triggered from a space of, I was exhausted, exhausted. emotionally exhausted, still have like a full plate with work, mm-hmm. you know, nothing changed in terms of my general schedule, but, uh, lack of sleep you know, exercise was okay, but not great. Right. So just because there was no time, there was just constantly going back and forth and do it. So yes, had I been, and I've experienced in the past being in the same type of situation and being totally fine no with problem. it maybe just being like mm, okay right. gotta deal with it but nothing like not what nothing I went like through. the reaction you had yeah so you know i guess i guess the the the, the lesson there's no lesson here in, in in the way we've been doing lessons in the past on the podcast this is just full transparency to for those of you that have been writing to us and in the past have told us you're on this journey we're on it too i mean yeah. we are in the thick of it and look i'm you and I have talked about it cannot be overstated enough and it's not a hyperbole. There's a lot also going on in our country. Yeah. There's a lot going on in the world. A lot of background noise. Thank for you. Sure. A lot well, of background noise, but a very emergency level. I was just going to say, this yeah. is not just, Oh, maybe the stock market a little bit. No, no, no. Every day, whether you 
actually watch the news, which I don't. I get it from online. I don't have TV. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how we get news. Let's all admit that when you go to CNN.com or your news of choice or BBC, every day that you choose to turn to it, I don't care if you're like, well, I don't expose myself. Even if you check in once a day, there is nothing that comes across that ticker that is, oh, it's just a minor thing. Everything oh, is on a 10. Yeah, we're only going to be nuked by uh, <laughs> North Korea here right. any no, day now. Oh, we might fire Which first. Which was really interesting. I, we, I was talking to my partner about this, and she was saying that uh, she was talking, or there was a Facebook post, or she talked to someone in England that said they were on, like high on edge. Oh, and I'm absolutely. like, whoa, okay. Yeah, well, look at all just, the things that have we're happened. We're on the West Coast, right. so we're like, we're a little bit, I've got yeah. good friends in the, in the Hawaiian Islands, so it feels very real when, when things are like thrown out like that. So we are in very interesting times, and, and again, it comes back to, as a hunter type, give yourself some credit. You and I were just talking about this, like... Give yourself a break, and I think this is something we're going to get into, but look, for all you that are resonating with the stories that Michael and I are sharing with you right now, and and I'll share a little bit more about what I've been going through over the last 9 to 12 months, realize that whatever you your your body is doing that you're you're almost judging your body for doing, and you and I were just talking about yeah, this, yeah. I was telling Michael about some of the things that I feel like in how my body's betraying me and, and, and all the negatives. And Michael just responded and said, well, you realize you're not broken. Your body's actually defending itself. It's actually doing what it's supposed to be doing. So, you know, you think, oh, there's something wrong with me. Um, That word, that D word depressed. Well, why are you depressed? Well, because I'm sleeping a lot and all I want to do is sleep. Yeah. The reason is your body is telling you something. Your body is sending those signals for a reason. doesn't mean you're broken or you're doing anything wrong except that it is also a signal for you to do the right things. And that's, that's, that's kind of what we want to get into. I, I just want to digress for one more moment since it's been a while and say, you know, for me, the emergency mode stuff turned real, 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 real over the last six to nine months. You know, I, I switched careers, not so much career. Well, yeah, I guess it was a career switch and got out of the really high tech world and working for a software company because to me, what was presented by the universe was to finally be part of something that gives back and, and is a more conscious company, working for conscious companies. And it's not to say that that's not what the company is doing. But the miscalculation is that sometimes when you go to another industry and there's a career change, there's a lot of adjustments to make. Yeah. And also when you go from a big technology software company to a little old company that's trying to do right for the world, you're going to be wearing a lot more hats. You know, in my previous job, I was number one of 300. I mean, work was distributed amongst the many. I am now part of a small place where I'm one of 15. And that's maybe maximum. We're probably 10. (laughs) And, and... The amount of stress that didn't just gradually come on. And that's what I first noticed when when I talked to you, when I made the change. I'm like, whoa, the stress came out of nowhere. The responsibilities didn't just build up. By the third day, I was like, what have I done? What have I gotten myself into? So all the adjustment that goes from that. Then at some point, my 
wonderfully never had a problem before healthy as could be wife my my goddess of goddesses that holds up our house better than i ever could <laughs> she's the man of the house i barely screw in a light bulb <laughs> all i have to ever do is i say go to work bring home a paycheck and it's good she'll take care of everything else she got severely injured blew out a couple discs we're going to doctors i mean we're going from her being perfectly healthy to literally one day and that's the other thing about this job. It's it's a work from home job. So you would think there's benefits to not getting to have to go to an office and you get to work from home. Eh, I've learned a big lesson for hunter types. Actually, a huge lesson for hunter types, which is be careful. Mark my words. Be careful in a work from home job because the socialization goes from 10 to 0 and as a hunter type, you have to really be careful because a lot of us artists, hunter types, kind of thrive on that socialization. So I was adjusting to all that, and that definitely affected mood. And then literally one day, my wife's body froze because I guess it was the day the disc had ruptured. And we're talking actual emergency mode where my four-year-old comes running from the other room is like, Daddy, Mommy's hurt, and I go over, and she can't move. Wow. This was a real emergency. Yes. This wasn't fabricated. It wasn't something that was a 1,000 miles away. It was right there in front of me. Now, the difference is that if it was a year and a half ago where I was doing my good practices from the book and from the program and all that, I definitely know I would have handled it a lot better, and I didn't handle it well. I did the best I could, and, and she's fine, and she will be fine, but I just noticed, like, I almost could see, like, a movie playing back. I'm like, you know, if this was the me of a year and a half ago who was swimming two, three, four miles a week, who was on that high-protein, low-carb diet, wasn't blowing out the adrenals with drinking coffee all the time, which I do now... Um, I would have handled it differently. So my goal, and it's it's early, but it's not that early to say a 2018 goal, yeah. it's to get back to that place because what I'm finding to bring it back to the topic of the show and focus is that now because all the practices are gone and because my environment's changed with work and life and the wife, yeah. I am literally 24 hours a day operating in emergency mode. And as you and I talked, that cannot last, yeah. and it will not last, and it'll have its ramifications. Yes. And see, this this is it. It's like when you get into something that you have to continually react to over a period of time, mm-hmm. added to that all of the usual stressors and places where you can't focus, you're feeling fuzz, like... It just adds like on some level, I think hundred types are good in like short term emergency situations. If it's part of like a job where right. like you're a fireman, I know there's people, there's firemen that listen to the podcast because I've heard, which is really cool. I never <laughs> thought of, thought about firemen, but like that's clearly one of the, uh, the groups, but, and also like emergency people that do emergency, uh, paramedics, things like that. So I think hundred types can be good in those situations, but not at a home level on a security, like, cause I mean, you're talking about something that just didn't just affect, it affected your wife. It also affected like security with like, how is she going to be? Right. How do you manage like the things that she was doing that now you That's can right. handle that That's with right. work. So one of the pieces that we talked about prior to uh, recording this was, this is the cycle that I think a lot of people get into. And I've watched people get into is, and often this is where addiction shows up. Mm. And or, you know, getting onto medications that you may regret getting mm-hmm. onto later, which is that you're in emergency mode. 
Mm-hmm. You're, 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 you're dealing with a high level of stress, either real or very in your, in your brain feels very, very mm-hmm. real. Your cortisol's, your cortisol levels go up because your body's, your brain's saying you're an emergency. We're not safe. There's something here that you need. It's fight or flight. You either need to move mm-hmm. and your brain's going to start shutting down because your cognitive skills in this situation are not important. You're either going to mm-hmm. run or you're going to fight. That's this is primal brain that is still with us. It doesn't it does has nothing doesn't know anything about Facebook, doesn't know anything about (laughs) conceptual it is just fight or flight. So when you get into that mode, the brain starts to think of starts you can't stay in that level. Uh it's physically unhealthy to have those high levels of cortisol all the time. So Mm. the brain starts to create the cravings for things that will lower the cortisol and Oddly enough, the things that it trigger dopamine that squeeze the dopamine out. They don't. It's not making dopamine. It's what squeezes out the dopamine, lowers cortisol, and so that's alcohol, that's high carbs, that's sex, that's there. All the things that you know that you could potentially become addicted to. That is what your brain starts to crave when the stress levels go or up. Or pick up old addictions and it goes to another level. I mean, literally, exactly. there are days. I think I've called and can to you like you're my priest uh bless me michael for i have sinned (laughs) i mean there are and i'm i'm not exaggerating here i'm telling you that through this new job and all the stresses it's brought and just not being in a social environment just being at home and then having this thing happen with my wife and then all this stuff is happening i mean there are days that i would go to bed at night and literally, I'd look on the floor, and there, and I think I told you this, Michael. Not just these small bags of potato chips. <laughs> yeah. I am talking a regular size bag that you would like get for a party. Yeah. And I realized I just I didn't just have a few. I finished that bag today. Now here's the scary part, which proves to you it's it's all this stuff you said about the cortisol and what it's doing and what sure. it's wanting, especially with the high carbs. Yeah. I was like, I don't remember eating that. Like, yeah. I can't tell you like, oh, I remember at one o'clock eating half of it. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I don't remember. And my God, I just down. And look at the cycle that that that, that causes. Yeah. Is that now you've filled yourself with carbs, which begets more carbs. Yeah. And vicious cycle. Vicious cycle yeah. and dehydrates you. And when you get dehydrated, it creates more false senses of hunger. So now you're eating things. There you go. There you go. There's the cycle. And so and it, it, we want to add to that, the de- like depression also shows up. Oh, in the there, guilt? Which is, yes. Well, but depression, and this is where I like, you know, I, we've, I've talked about this before on the podcast. Marshall Rosenberg talked at length about his understanding of depression from working with many, many different patients before he started doing his work teaching people the nonviolent communication process. And what he watched was it's, it's chronically unmet needs mm. that your brain, you're, you're basically your body and your, 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 your brain specifically is saying, we can't handle this anymore. Right. And there, but not only that, there's no hope of ever getting these needs met, like for rest or yeah. for for comfort or relaxation, those needs are don't even exist anymore. And so, depression is sort of you're you're, you're disconnected from. It's the feeling you'll never have those needs no met hope. ever again. There's, There's no, hope. no hope. And by the way, no hope is what leads to. I know we've talked about it before, and I'm telling you, I'm I've been experiencing this over the last six to eight months. Is 
I have watched myself literally and figuratively say F it as I'm opening that bag of chips. I don't care because there's no hope. Yeah. So what's this bag of chips going to do? Who cares? I mean, literally that's the state of mind you get into at that moment. That's right. Now later this, the, when you're a little bit more grounded, you're like, I can't do that. I shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. But in that moment, where, where someone's called and a project is behind and it's all on you yeah. and you're worried about your wife in the next room and whether she's going to need surgery on her back, yeah. you go, you, that's, that's exactly it. It's, it. You go into that place, which I, that's what I hear when you're talking about that is this yeah. almost like F it. I don't care. That's it. Okay, so now that we've gone now- to the depths, <laughs> let's go to what Solutions. can potentially yeah. make a difference because it is really important. And, and let's just segue from, and we got a train going by. Well, I'll just choo, keep talking. Choo. It might be a little loud, but we're, we're right by the us. coast. And I don't feel like editing this. <laughs> so you guys get to listen to train. the train go by. Um, one of the key pieces, and we just talked about it, is starting to look towards what are the needs, especially when you're in a depressed state, mm. what needs are not getting met? And start moving towards those needs. So if it's rest, then bring it to your conscious awareness. And if you need to go to, I'm trying to think of where it would be on the site. Uh, it's in, if you have the book, uh, in the, the Navigating Emotions chapter, there's a page that has all of the different needs that you could potentially have as a human being. And there's not, not that many of them. It's a little chart. And look at that chart and say, which needs are most alive in me right now. And when you read the one, you'll know, you'll feel it in your body. You'll be like, relaxation, ah, rest, oh, that's it, or respect, or whatever, Mm. you know, whatever the need is. And the trick that I've seen that works really well is you don't have to fix the whole problem. You just need to to tell the rest of you that you're, you're making decisions towards that, meaning that, okay, you don't have to say, like, I have to stop the world and I have to go get a massage like, you know, every day. But you can take a moment in that moment and say, okay, I'm going to schedule Friday to be to take a day off from work and mm-hmm. just rest. Little steps like that are how you untie from like the depression piece. Because yep. once your brain and your 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 organism starts to recognize that you're now valuing and aware that the need is there Mm -hmm. and you're going to take some action towards it what i've witnessed especially with coaching clients it lifts it starts you start to feel better you start to go oh wow. you just need that spark and one thing i want to talk to is what you just said it if you're approaching it little by little it would almost seem michael that it's because i feel like this is some advice you gave me just before we started recording it doesn't have to be scheduling the whole day off friday It can be in your daily practice as crazy as a job and demanding as something is, is saying nothing will go wrong. If I set a timer to say every 45 minutes, I'm going to get up from this desk and go for a five minute walk. If it's raining, then go for a five minute and go look at the rain and don't do work. It is. It's those small things that I'm finding that I, I'm not even doing anymore, which has led to yeah. kind of this period I'm in now, which is so polar opposite yeah. of where I was a year and a half ago when we were doing these shows regularly. You just 
it, it so resonates with me that I realize as I look back just even on like today, I think I was telling you in this job, unlike any other, and it's, it's partially good news in the sense that I'm in a place that a lot is expected of me because I'm being responsible for a lot more than I was in any other job. I've never had a job with this much responsibility, which is what happens in a smaller company. So it's, it is a sign of respect that someone trusts you with this much, but okay, that's all well and good. But it doesn't mean you can't take that five, that 10 minutes to go for that walk and then do it regularly throughout the day. Nothing's going to catch fire. Nothing's going to break down. Nothing's going to um, not be able to operate. No client's going to fire the company for you taking that 10 minutes to yourself. Yeah. And I th- it's one of those things I was telling you earlier, maybe some of you can resonate. In this job, unlike any other, which has never happened before, I'm, you know, I'm sitting there at the computer at seven in the morning and I start work and I could swear to you, I look up like a scene from a movie where they, you know, just, you see the clock going really fast or they shift to the next scene. I'm like, how is it possible? It's already four in the afternoon. Yeah. Where did that go? And, and that's a sign of just not being grounded and you're not, and if you go for those walks, you're actually going to notice that it's 10 o'clock. And yeah. that it's 11 o'clock that's and that right. it's 12 o'clock. So to me, that's not a good sign. I think some people are like, boy, I worked so hard today. I just turned around and was broken. No, there's something unconscious about that that doesn't feel healthy. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, one of the, the pieces that we, I'll just, we can just cover some of the things that we talked about. Yeah. Uh, one is, and this is what I've watched. And this was this has evolved over time, just watching different people going through this exact experience. And the thing that seems to work best is start the day mindfully mm. before you're you're aware that you're starting your day before you so if you're working from home so this is a lot I'm sure there's many people listening that, that work from home or you just go to an office and you have a desk and you sit down and you work before you start before you open the email before you start interacting you take even 5 minutes and you just quiet yourself down Take a breath. See if you can do a meditation. Maybe listen to like an audio meditation. Mm-hmm. Do something that's just going to bring you into the present moment. Because otherwise you're out and you're engaging and you're in the present moment. You relax your body. And then the second piece that was really helpful is set the intention for what you want, how your day to go. Yeah, you so, say this a lot. And I do this every day. But you I, know what's funny about that? I noticed, I, you've said this to me a lot over the years. It's really funny that the, 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 the tragic irony is, I think to do that and to set your intention for the day, yeah. you have to be in a place of hope. That yeah. things actually can be that. Yeah. So I think when you're depressed and when you're when yeah. you're in a kind of a dark period, if you don't have hope that yeah. even what you're trying to manifest is going to come true, guess what you say? F it. I'm not even going to do that. Yes. But that's inverse. It's about even if you think the hope's not there by by setting that and overriding like you did that's when it, you were yeah. in an emergency, you have to override the non-hope and yeah. just do it. And then you can watch the magic signs happen of the manifestation you did, yeah. which will give you hope. Well, I would say, I would change that a little bit. I would say, honor the fact of what you're feeling. So, cause that, cause right. otherwise you're sitting right. on top of it. So if you're sitting there and you're setting your intention for the day and you just feel miserable, then you just go, 
even though I feel really miserable, here's how I'd like my day to go. Mm -hmm. I'd really like the day to to flow smoothly. I want to feel really good. I want to feel a good sense of self-esteem. I want to feel like I'm in control of the day. Mm. You can tune into like how that could possibly feel. Even if you're really depressed and you're feeling really hopeless, there's something in your experience that you can anchor to yeah. that I remember what it feels like That's to be it. in control, to feel calm, to be present. So you start there, you honor what you're experiencing in that moment. Mm. And then you state the intention and, th- and that could be it. Now, if you add into that, maybe gratitudes or as I've mentioned on the podcast before and in the workshop, we just did mind mapping where you actually sit down, you kind of map your day out a little bit. The more you can do in that little part, that beginning part of the day before the, the world comes in on you, mm. the more you have to set the trajectory and a momentum that can potentially get you through the day. So that that's step one. Step two is, and I've watched people do this, they, get, they do that, and then the day just, they start off, but they get two good hours, and then everything falls apart. So the trick is, you start the day, you do that. Lunchtime, after lunch, you do another five-minute check-in. You reset to that place that you set at the beginning of the day, and you go, okay, I'm just, same thing. I'm mindful and present. How do I want the afternoon to go? Same thing, no matter, and you know, there'll be all of the things that happened that day up to that point that you're dealing with and you're processing. You, if you can find the space to shut some of that down and just take a breath, be in your body, state your intention, sometimes you get really good insights of how to clean up things that happened yes. before that. And then the third part of the day, so that's, you know, start the day that way, do your do your midday check-in with yourself, and at the end of the day, just, again, five minutes, before you re-engage with family, if that's how your job works, uh, if that's your reality, you mm-hmm. like come home from work and you engage with family. Then once again, end of the day, five minutes, have some kind of ritual that unplugs you from work so you can be present with the people you're around. And again, that's really important because then you can state the intention of like, I'm overwhelmed, but I, I know how good it feels to be really present with the people I care about. And just those three things, five minutes and put it, you know, I, what I recommend is put it on your phone, mm-hmm. put the reminders and just set them on repeat for Monday through Friday. If that's your work schedule and, and don't I, snooze them. And I've watched <laughs> it work with coaching clients yeah. because I see that over time that starts to take hold. And then, you know, that we all slip up and then you start over again and you slip up and you start over again. But if you just keep doing it, that works. Well, that reminds me actually. So two things on, on that, that I, that, that struck me. One is what you said earlier about how now I'm working from home. And you said, there's a lot of people out there that, that might be in the same situation. One of the things that struck me is we said artist types and hunter types are actually made to be entrepreneurs. That's kind of what, what we're meant to be. Some of us and some of us, and this job for me is very much in an entrepreneurial environment. I mean, one of the one of the philosophies of this job is yes, we're a company of small people, but you have to treat this company like it's like it's your own. And so that puts you in this entrepreneurial state of mind. Yeah. And then you're working from home. And so that's kind of the irony I think of being a hunter type and being an entrepreneur and then you're working from home and then you don't have the socialization which can lead to some depressive types. Yes. yes. Things. So that's that to me is something that I know people probably out there are, are resonating with is that 
even though hunter, some hunter types are kind of meant to be entrepreneurs, but keep in mind, being an entrepreneur means like there's almost less structure. And remember that we live off of kind of when we're in our good state, like when I was a year and a half ago working out and well, I had structure. Now I'm in a place where I have to give myself that you structure. You got to create the structure. You got to create the structure. You got to, and that's difficult. That can be very difficult. Mm-hmm. That's the, it's like the freedom. It's like, Oh, I yeah. can work for myself exactly. and all that. But if you've worked with, you know, I've worked for myself now for since 21 and wow. I can tell you it's, it's definitely, it's a job. Mm-hmm. It's work. You, you, you have to show up and you have to be responsible. You have to, to, to create schedule or nothing gets done. Or more importantly, you don't, you don't live. You can't function because you're not getting paid. Yep. So on some level, the survival piece becomes way more important. Another train going by. Love the train. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's our reminder to take a breath and relax. It, it is. Actually, I do enjoy the train. <laughs> Um, I want to mention one more thing just because before I forget on your point about, and it's coming back to me because I know it was something, it was really interesting what you said about, you know, set this alarm yeah, and you'll be good at it and you might like kind of fall back then just kind of start over. Yeah. You know, there's a very simple meditation, which guilty as charged. I don't do it as often as I should. I should be doing it a lot more that a therapist friend of mine actually recommended. It's like the simplest thing you would think. Everyone would do this every day, but it reminds me kind of, of the practice you said about the alarm and it's okay if you fall back. The meditation actually involves to yourself in a whisper, not too loud. You know, you're sitting in a quiet place, literally just start counting and there's a name for it and it totally escapes me now. There's actually a name for it, the type of meditation. Um, you count from one to two, one to two. That's it. The whole idea is is you want to see and observe how long it is before thoughts start coming in Mm -hmm. anything. And it's probably going to be the negative ones or it's going to be the work thing or it's going to be stressors and all that. So you want to observe those coming in. You don't want to do anything with those thoughts. You just want to say, okay, oh, so that's what's going on for me. Okay. Kind of like store that start over again. Count one to two. Until the thoughts. Exactly. You're clearing out, you're doing a clear out. Okay. And it's, and, and it's the same thing with, with, with setting these habits up. It's, you know, you're, you're gonna, if you set these alarms for every 20 minutes or however long you sure. said, you're not going to do it all perfectly yeah. the first time, but keep doing it and you'll clear out the, 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 the clutter and you'll clear out yeah. the bad habits and you will get there. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't even full of transparency. I haven't done this meditation long enough to clear everything out. But I started to do it when I was first told about it, which is typical of a hunter type. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to do this every day. And I started doing it every day. And then of course I stopped, but I saw this little bit of light with this kind of practice of like, just keep at it. And the mind will eventually clear these things out and, and just kind of, and then that's where the healing kind of begins. It definitely the consistency pieces is, is big. And I think that, that what ha- I think with, specifically the piece of starting the day off mindfully, it has to be the number one priority over anything else. Yeah. And we talked about this before. It's like work and, and I'm guilty as charged with this as well. Uh, but th- there's truth to this work cannot be more important than your physical well-being. Uh, yeah. Placing your physical well-being in front of anything outside of that, you're, you're going to eventually you're going to crash. 
because ultimately your body has the power to completely derail you. It will pull, it'll take the controls and either you'll get sick, really depressed or, you know, and total. Well, that's what burnout is. I mean, this is, this is a word that we've all heard. What do you think burnout is? Burnout is when someone's body is just like you, you did not, I gave you many opportunities. I gave you those signals and you didn't consistently give me what I needed. So I'll tell you what. I'm taking over. Yeah. I'm doing an override. Yeah. Now I'm going to force you. Now you're right. It's yeah. either actually like a like a flu thing, yeah. which knocks you out for a week. Yeah. Right. Then or for some people, it's worse. It's literally like oh, the major. They're they're burnt out. They can't yeah, yeah. get out of bed. Yeah. They literally can't get out of bed. No, nothing wrong. No medication to give them. They're just exhaustion. Exhaustion. Yeah, yeah. That's right. We see this happening with more and more. We hear about it probably because of social media. This happens with with touring singers. Oh yeah. People that are musicians and artists, you know, and all, all and the they, time where they have to cancel a show and then they, you know, they collapse on stage. Yeah. They're like, Oh, it's this, that. And then they first try to like give you the story. Oh, it's a flu. And then the real story comes out with like the real, like actual, like conscious musicians. They'd like go on their Twitter and they're like, no, it wasn't the flu. I'm exhausted. I've yeah. been touring for two years straight yeah. and it is a sign that I need to take a but break. But even addiction is a normal, like on some level, is a normal self-medication of being under a high level of stress. Absolutely. And I think it's important if, if, for people that are dealing with addiction who may be listening is that you're, you're not broken. Like some part of you is trying mm. to fix the situation. It may not be make it has not chosen the best strategy, <laughs> but it's doing it. It's fun. Your body's functioning normally. You're not broken. It's the situation and what you're going through that's causing it. So I, I want to add, so let's, I want to go specifically into, because I alluded to it before, my experience of the last, um, I guess it would be like two months, since it was early August this happened, where I found out mom was diagnosed with cancer and there was that kind of, that kicked, the, got the cycle going. Um, in getting myself out of emergency mode. So I actually wrote down, what I was doing, especially when it was at the height where I was really anxious and I just like could, and the fires were here and I, I really, I just couldn't sleep. Mm. Here's some of the things that helped and some of the things I've mentioned on the podcast, but I just want to reiterate that I'm doing these. First thing I did was, uh, taking calcium citrate, um, calms the nerves. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not mag- It's magnesium citrate. Mm-hmm. Um, taking, I think I got a powder and I was taking, uh, I think 600 milligrams was what I was taking. I wrote that down. I got to look back. I don't, don't take that as, as a note, look it up, but, um, very helpful for calming the nerves, especially towards the end of the day. But I found even in the beginning of the day, I was like, okay, like this was like emergency dosage. This Mm -hmm. is not what I do normally. So I'm already off doing this, but in the moment when I was hyper anxious, that really helped. Uh, going to sleep, I took valerian at night. So mm-hmm. valerian root. So that's a natural herb. You can't, it's not good to take it for long periods of time, but, um, it definitely helped me sleep because I was just, I couldn't sleep at night and then I wake up and I knew it was like, Oh, this is going to be a bad day. Cause I got like two hours of sleep. And I know a lot of, you know, that experience. So in the short term, taking valerian at night really helped. You got to adjust the dosage for whatever gets you to sleep. Um, and also look for contraindications if you're taking, especially any depressants, definitely do your research on that. But valerian's available just about anywhere. I got off caffeine completely. Nice. So I, I usually drink yerba mate. I'm 
back on it, which it's fine. I don't drink that much of it. I take about one, it's equivalent to like one cup of coffee. But during that time when I was hyper anxious, I was off completely. And I, and I was surprisingly functional. <laughs> I was like, okay. But I noticed when I was drinking it, I was just, I, made things I was just, it was horrendous. So I completely got off caffeine. There's the train again. For you. It was it's usually at night. We're sh- recording this at nighttime. So oh, that's how we usually record in the morning. I yeah. Think. So you, we don't usually don't get it. There's a lot more at night. Uh, the other thing is because it was such, it was so hot. Like, oh, so we went through this heat, hot, this heat spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so here was my anxiety. My anxiety was, okay, there was already a bunch of fires. I just went through that. Mm, oh, the, now the news here? is saying, oh, check this out. All of the fire crews from like all over the place have been pulled back right. to Southern so California because yep. they know it's going to be like huge potential for fire. Yeah. And so if you live around here, you know that there was some devastating oh, fires and people had to evacuate and they couldn't breathe because of the smoke. So, um, anyway, so I bought a humidifier, like mm. a like super ninja humidifier. And it just like, <laughs> you could see the, like the, the humidity and it, was, it really helped. So at nice. night, what I did was I set up my fan cause we don't have air conditioning. I got my humidifier. It was cranking right in front of the fan. And then the next, and this was the piece de resistance. I got, um, uh, I found on YouTube some of these uh, like rain meditation. Oh, those are great. Yeah. And so it's just the sound of rain. And that was it. I slept so good after that. It was great. So I just put my headphones on, listened to the rain. Those I got some humidity going. And so, but what I want to stress here is for me, I was in that amygdala hijack. My brain was telling me, you're not safe. If you fall asleep tonight, there could be a fire that oh. happens that so you're going to have to evacuate. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so, and which is strangely a very real possibility because I know sure. people that were, I wasn't living here at the time, but during the big fires in 2007, like here. people, you know, yep. people were getting evacuated. So, it was a real fear. It sure. wasn't like pretension, but that really helped. Um, and so then the next day I went down to the beach. I'm lucky that I live next to the beach and I jumped in the water first thing in the morning before I started my day. Mm. Uh, basically what I tried to do. Oh, and also acupressure points. So I, I think in the last podcast, I referenced the David Steele podcast. If you look at the notes from that, there's some pressure points that will help with anxiety. So I did all wow. of that. And so what I can tell you is I made it through. Nice. It didn't completely fix it during the time I was going through it, but it calmed it way down. Yeah. And now I'm back to normal. Now yep. it's like nothing happened. Yeah. So uh, just wanted to share that That's so that great, people man. have those. That's uh, I can attest to this stuff really does work and you have to explore a little bit to find to what what's you need. Right for you. And again, yeah. this was emergency mode. This was like Big I was time. in... This is not just anxiety. This was like to 10 and having to be able to function. And, and I will say this, that I was able to, for the most part, manage the things Even that I needed to manage. Even if you can bring it down, because the emergency mode that you were in and that I've been in, and it's up and down. But again, th- these are sustained periods of emergency mode. Emergency mode, sometimes we think of as like a short term. What you were going through at that time, that is sustained over days and yeah. days and if you didn't do, so I think what you're saying, uh, 
what what I hear you saying is that sure it didn't go from a ten to a zero those practices, but it certainly sounds like it went from a ten to a five. Oh yeah. Even if it went to a six, it's better than a ten because if you had stayed at ten, that's where the burnout happens. That's, that's where right. your body just completely shuts down, and on all that. So I think that's we mentioned this before. It's not about perfection. Yeah. It's it's about an improvement. One of the things that I experienced with with my wife and and her her ruptured disc, and you you go to you know, this doctor and that doctor, and they're all really, we've been very lucky, very well-meaning, even though we're Eastern medicine folks by the most part, sometimes you do need Western medicine. I couldn't believe what the last doctor told us. And this relates to what you were talking about in relation to that your body's actually doing what it's supposed to and you're not broken. And I just want to give this to you as a parallel for the audience, because I never knew this. And if you did, you're definitely a smarter person than me. And we were going, we finally went to this fourth doctor who was the actual surgeon. We were down to the surgeon and we figured, here we go. We're going to be told based on her three MRIs we had taken over the last month. That's it. He's going to, like we expected to walk in and he's going to say, okay, so let's schedule your surgery for this. Let's talk about preparation. No. He looked at her MRI and he took a good 45 minutes to explain to us and I'll make it shorter than that. He looked at her, her, her spine and he said, look, God willing, nothing else happens, right? You have to be careful. The body will take care of itself. Or if he goes, I've seen in about 40 to 50% of the cases, the body will take care of itself. And my wife, I'm not kidding you, in the doctor's office looked at each other like, are we on TV? Is this a prank? Like, we were told your disc is ruptured. Like, two of the vertebrae like are out of alignment. And there's pressure being put on the spine, which is why she was getting... Um, the, the 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 loss of feeling in her elbow and frozen elbow and all the symptoms. And we were like, okay, no one else has told us that. He's like, it'll take a year. It'll take you being careful. It'll take you being aware. But it will heal itself. The body will, will absorb the broken material. Vertebrae C4 and C5, I'm not a doctor, but something like that. They will actually fuse together and you'll start to come upright even more. Again, something could change and we may need to do surgery, but let the body heal itself. Okay. We took that in. And then just before we left, my wife, who's very studious in these situations, very detail oriented. She's like, Oh, I wanted to show you what the physical therapist is doing with me. And he's like, physical therapy. No, no physical therapy. He goes, just do some light exercises at home, but you, you shouldn't have anybody manipulating your body right now. Let's let it rest. Cause it just happened. Let's let it heal a little bit. And here's, I promise to you, here's the punchline. She turned to the doctor and said, but the physical therapist is telling me that the exercises she's doing with me are going to help to not me be so stiff because I'm so stiff and my neck is kind of pointing down and I'm not walking straight. And he said, your neck is stiff and your neck is pointing down because that's the body protecting the spine. He goes, I don't want you to be unstiff right now. If it's being stiff and a little uncomfortable, take a leave and be fine. But if you try to unstiffen right now, the body is trying to protect that spine because it knows it's vulnerable. And I'm telling you, this light bulb went on and it's exactly what you're saying is that when you're going through emergency modes and, and long sustained things, Listen to your body at times. Don't be worried or think you're broken. And I think I said this in the beginning. You're like, oh, God, it's four o'clock and I just feel like I want to sleep. 
That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. doesn't mean you need any kind of necessarily medication. Your body is telling you it needs to rest. So give it its rest. Now, if you're at work and you can't, then go for that 10-minute walk. Yeah. And by the way, do as I say, not as I do. These are things I yeah, need to know. be doing. Well, that's but I'm always we... better at preaching than doing. That's it. So. <laughs> but the, that's, I think, that's sort of the punchline to all of this is that the, if you accept the fact that your body is intelligent mm. and your brain and how your your neurological functioning is intelligent, it knows what when you're under anxiety and stress, it's it's perceiving the world. And it's trying to protect you ultimately. And mm-hmm. if you're locked in food or whatever it is that's calming your nerves, it may not be the best strategy, but it's your, it's not you doing it. Exactly. It's not you being kind of your rational self doing it. It's the part of you that is trying to lower the cortisol or deal with what is happening in that moment. Mm. Um, so, to recap, then, uh, to, as far as tips to get out of emergency rip mode, so we don't overcomplicate it. One is just set up those those times at the beginning of the day, midday, and end of day where you reset. I could say that that is like number one, especially if it's like middle emergency mode where it's like high anxiety, but you're not like completely overwhelmed. That will help drop the stress down and it, but more importantly, it puts you back into the driver's seat where the anxiety and the stress and the reaction are not what is driving the show. You're caught, con- you're taking the moment to set the trajectory. You start mm-hmm. at the beginning of the day, you, you check in again around midday or whatever your schedule is. If you mm-hmm. work at night, you know, just adjust it accordingly. And then at the end of the day, you do a, some kind of five minute ritual that pulls it, that stops you're out of work you're now going home. And again, the adapt this for home life as well. So if you're if you're at home, if you're an at-home mom and you're dealing with a lot of these stresses, then you need to find ways and strategies to get out of to create these little spaces during the day. In 5 minutes, I think anyone can do these 5-minute check-ins. And then in terms of the things that I shared with the uh, support in terms of supplements and exercise and uh, meditation, listening to something that'll help you get to sleep, use the strategies, you find the strategies that will really get you to the place where at least you can get off of 10 and maybe at least down to five, because it may not fix it, but at least it'll get you into a better place. And then if you're experiencing depression alongside emergency mode, look at what needs are not getting met, start to identify them, and then take at least one action towards meeting those needs so if it's rest if whatever is it sounds like for this it's like rest is like probably one of the biggest ones Mm -hmm. quite and so making that a priority is maybe the simplest bet it's like okay i have to just build in a nap time or that i'm going to just give myself permission to rest and sleep and maybe put on some meditation CD or something that'll get me to sleep versus staying up watching TV, da, 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 da. find your way back to what is actually going to give your body what it needs so you can be functional again. And then as you move towards that, you'll find that it, you'll be more calm, you'll be more present, and you may need some support to remind yourself of that. And it's again, you have to make it the top priority. Otherwise, other things will take priority. So and correct me, and I know we're wrapping up. This is just one man's opinion, but I, I look to you 
as as the author of the book. I, I was wondering this. You know, a lot of times I hear people saying, uh, "Okay, it's the end of the day. Kids asleep. Uh, my wife and I are going to wind down and watch X." And I won't mention any necessarily, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Show some of these TV shows these days are so gratuitously violent, yeah, and so real, and so, and and it always struck me without judgment, by the way. I'm I'm literally yeah. asking this, but correct me if I'm wrong. If you're going through this state yeah. of emergency mode and you're trying to go from a ten to five, there is no way in the world watching people killing zombies <laughs> or some movie about someone overseas, you know. Yeah. Killing terrorists. I mean, there is no can. I mean, there's no way that can actually be. I mean, can that actually be coming? Or is is my opinion maybe have some validity that that's actually going to, especially at night before you're supposed to go to bed? Don't you want to watch something a little bit more like maybe a comedy, an actual yeah. comedy that's funny? I mean, or or is any kind of wind down okay? And it, well, there's so, no judgment on or it. Or video games, right? So right. Th- these are the things because I know from clients and i talk to them i think part of it is for 100 types it's stimulating uh, and it's sort of that you get caught in the stimuli so that's the thing especially if you're at the, at the end of the day your your brain chemistry is dipped you're more likely to get caught by the stimuli of whatever it is so you you'll say okay i'll watch tv for five minutes and then you watch for right. two in the morning and then a, so that's knowing that ahead of time a lot of this is having a plan before you're inside of it. Got it. So if you know you have that tendency of like, oh, the hyper-stimulating thing or whatever it is that's like at night that you feel regretful later, mm-hmm. which is always the kind of the, the cue. Absolutely. It's like if you feel like, oh, God, I really didn't feel like I should have done that, <laughs> then you got to make a plan beforehand. Otherwise, right. you're going to keep playing the cycle out. So you got to have some plan. If you're, you have a spouse, then talk it over with them. Have strategies in place so that you have a replacement that's going to be equally satisfying that may be a little more, that give you a little more wind down a little more relaxation, you know, put on music, find something equally satisfying right. than whatever that thing is that may have give you a higher odds of actually getting to sleep at night. The other, I want to mention one more note is uh, in terms of when I was going through this and even now I cut way back on news because the news ju- was, was just gonna say the news was, I was just, just driving me say. nuts especially at the two times i think before bed and when you wake up i started this last week because i've been terrible at this look we all probably feel like this and this is the last thing i'll say because i know we got to wrap there is no way getting up in the morning and going on the news to see what tragedy has happened yeah. or what you know laws being made that's so absurd to you or whatever the case there is no way that is going to give you hope yeah and put you in a state of mind to do your previous practice you mentioned of manifesting how you want the date there's no way yeah there's no way it's going to happen don't don't turn on the news when you first wake up get to these practices and i'm saying this to myself i'm literally prescribing this to myself is Let's not do the news thing. Let's focus on manifesting the day and what it's going to be and get into it. Now, you want to check on the news more like in the middle of the day or something. But, man, when you first get up and definitely not when you're about to go to bed at night, like – yeah, just it, not just gonna goes, fall it just drops right into your dream time. It, it just, oh, big time. It just does. I will say, you know, I've mentioned this before. I've definitely been on the Wayne Dyer kick the yeah, last um, what a great man. couple months. And it, it's it's really great. I mean, whoever it is, and some of you, I know some people, like uh, there's like a, like a preacher or someone that they really link to. Like whatever it is, 
uh, I'll listen to him in the morning and I try to just discipline myself to listen to even five minutes. It re- he, he's got the juice. Oh, he's he very clear and the message it. is always the same. He was it. always channeling something really good. Yeah. Power I, of intention is good. Yeah. There's a couple others. There's just something about the timbre of his voice. That's, yeah. that's it just, quite a Whatever the reminder is that's that right. you res and it can't be something you don't resonate with. No. So, so there's a lot of people out there. Find there's something that gets you up. Maybe it's a podcast. Maybe it's something that'll just get you inspired. Um, five minutes instead of listening. So that would be the challenge would be like replace the, the replacement news, therapy, <laughs> find something that you can really listen to. And maybe it's that time right before you're starting work where you put it on or it's on the way to work. Yeah. Whatever it is, yep. find that thing that's going to get you put, it's going to change your thought pattern, mm-hmm. put you into a better place. And that's like 80% of it. There it is. Yep. So well, we did it. We did it. Good to see you. It's good to see you too. Yeah. Yeah, we did it. Just we, like the old days. Yes. We haven't missed a beat. Well, we finally did it in person. <laughs> in now. person. Which That's is so right. which is so crazy because it's kind of a joke because we live about seven miles apart. Yes. But we're all so busy, you know, yeah. doing our thing. We always have done this podcast in our own homes. But that's also because it was always bright and early on a Saturday morning. Well, I gotta say, you know, from when we started to now and, and just seeing Two the community later. that's grown out of this, it's amazing. It's beautiful. It blows my mind. I I've mean, been staying tuned and Michael, for those of you out there, believe me, I stay tuned. I'm listening to the podcast that Michael yeah doing on his own and they're beautiful and they're wonderful and uh, let's keep growing the community and uh wishing all of you really wishing all of you all of us uh because not to use a a cliche but we are we are all the same we are all one we're all going through the same thing and wishing all of us just happiness and health that's that's all you can wish for Hang in there. Hang in there. That's it. Well, we as we always say, we're a small press, mm. so any kind of marketing helps us. So please spread the word on the book and on the podcast. Uh, join us on Facebook if you go to drummerinthegreatmountain.com. Uh, upper right-hand corner, you'll see the Facebook button. Click there. We also have some things on YouTube as well. Um, like the page, uh, reviews are super helpful. Uh, get on iTunes or Goodreads, write us a review. If something you found something that was valuable to you, please share that and spread the word. Uh, and if you are new to the podcast, I would say go back and listen to the first 14 or 15 episodes. Oh, those are gold. That's those what tracks gold. through the book chapter by chapter. And you can get the, the book drummer in the great mountain from drummer in the great mountain.com. And, uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, we're doing a book giveaway. So, uh, go to Facebook, uh, like the page and put a comment on the, uh, book giveaway post and we'll be, uh, doing a, we'll be picking the winner sometime around December 1st. And I say this to you guys, as I always had when I was regularly here, as much as to you as to myself, Take care of yourselves and your health. Be well.